This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, November 9th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. The fallout in cryptocurrencies is deepening over uncertainty involving a high-profile company. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the midterm election is mainly in the books. Let's talk about some of the potential economic fallout. We're joined by Carl Ricadana, chief U.S. economist with BNP. Paribas based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. When uh, trying to evaluate the midterm environment, how far into the weeds do economists get in terms of analyzing results, margins, seat counts, um, in in terms of making their decisions or evaluating what the future is going to hold? Well, we certainly have to pay close attention to what's happening and uh, uh, including uh, looking at voters' motivations and exit polls because uh, policy uh, whether it's fiscal policy or monetary policy, is uh, shaped by what happens at the ballot box. Uh, we know inflation was a very uh, high concern among uh, voters, uh, as described in exit polls, and this uh, impacts how Congress is thinking about putting pressure on uh, the Federal Reserve uh, over the next few years. But also, as we think about that inflation landscape, uh, part of the contribution uh, to inflation has been from fiscal policy, whether it was rebate checks uh, from Uncle Sam during the pandemic or uh, other types of uh, government spending, uh, that does contribute to the inflationary pressures in the economy. So to the extent uh, that it, it seems like we're looking at divided government uh, going uh, forward uh, here over the next two years, uh, divided government means there will be less fiscal support Uh, That could make a recession deeper and and more persistent, uh, but it will also uh, take the edge off of some of the inflation pressures uh, we're seeing in the economy uh, over the last year and a half. Republicans on track for a narrow majority in the House of Representatives, but there's still an outside chance that uh, uh, Democrats can hang on. A lot of mail ballots being counted out west still, and a lot of races still up in the air for a couple of days. But if there is a divided government in Washington, Republicans do take over the House Uh, Does that give the Fed that much more power and that much more leverage to set economic policy because you can't do it legislatively? Well, it it does put a heavier burden on the Fed's uh, shoulders. So as I mentioned in the downturn, then the Fed will realize uh, they're not going to get support from uh, from Congress, from uh, fiscal levers. Uh, And so if we need to turn a recession around, it's going to be entirely the Fed's uh, responsibility to achieve that. Uh, on the other side of the equation, again, less fiscal spending should make the Fed's job a little bit easier uh, as there'll be uh, less less money uh, in the economy that has to be uh, tamped down through uh, the interest rate policy uh, and uh, and also the shrinkage of the Fed's uh, balance sheet. But what, what we're really focused on here is the uh, possible debt ceiling uh, negotiations that would come about in the middle of next year 
Uh, not so long ago, back in 2011, we had a Democratic president, uh, a Democrat-controlled Senate, and a Republican House. Uh, and we went to the 11th hour of brinkmanship uh, on the debt ceiling, and that led to a credit ratings downgrade uh, for the U.S. Uh, we could be heading to such a scenario in the middle of next summer. Uh, so that, that is one of the most important uh, uh, risks that uh, market participants are uh, focusing on over the, the sort of year ahead horizon. And then very quickly, Carl, the uh, consumer price index out tomorrow. What's the consensus on uh, what the inflation number is going to be? Well, it's going to be a hot report. The question is just how hot. Uh, and when we look at the trend in recent economic data, GDP is surprised to the upside. Uh, if we look at the last jobs report, it's surprised to the upside. So it tells you things may be slowing, but there is some residual momentum here to contend with. And I think that presents some upside risk to the inflation numbers as well. Carl Ricadana, Chief U.S. Economist, BNP Paribas, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, chaos reigns in crypto. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Shares of Bitcoin are taking a hit as the crypto roller coaster continues its ride. We welcome in Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us today. What uh, kicked off this uh, latest sell-off in the crypto market? It sounds like there was uh, an agreement between uh, two cryptocurrency companies that fell apart. It's simply leverage. Uh, we are finding out some of the head honcho, top dog, big cheese billionaires uh, were levered on these things. And uh, when one domino uh, tips over, you know what happens to the rest of them. Uh, but this is just uh, more of what's been going on for quite a while. Uh, you know, it, it's the biggest bubble we've pretty much ever had in history. They try to come out with 20,000 coins for people to make money out of crazy things. Dennis Rodman once came out with something called the pot coin, uh, just sheer insanity. And it's been rolling over badly for, for a good year or two. We had a line three years ago, two years ago, one year ago that 90% of the coins would drop 90% or more with most going to zero. And pretty much you're seeing that happen. And now the big guys are finally getting caught up in it. The thing that kicked this off was an anonymous story to the crypto news site Coindesk, an anonymous source, an unnamed source, saying that the company Binance was not going to buy and effectively bail out FTX, a smaller rival crypto company. Is this a case of companies trying to bury bad news on Election Day? Uh, I don't know if, if it's Election Day. I think they're all trying to, you know, stay afloat. You just use two words, uh, bail out. Uh, those are probably the two worst words you can have on Wall Street. Uh, that means somebody is in big, big trouble. Uh, that means there's usually a lot of leverage, and it means usually uh, there's going to be a lot of lost money. And again, you're, you're seeing it, and, you know, we can come up with all kinds of reasons but this is just one domino after the next. We heard about a, something called the stable coin uh, just a few months ago that went to zero overnight. Uh, it was called stable coin, uh, meaning it's not supposed to do that. So, uh, you know, this is the outcome of investing in something that has no earnings, has no sales, has no backing, no SIPC insurance, no nothing. And unfortunately, a lot of people were caught up. And unfortunately, there were a lot of tout artists out there in celebrity them, in the, the athletes touting them, commercials. By the way, the biggest money uh, spent on the Super Bowl, guess what it was from? 
crypto. So uh, it, it all just speaks for itself, and it's unfortunate to see. You never want to see something like this. Thank you for the insight. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. Find him online at GaryK.com. Up next, Disney falls short on earnings despite an increase in subscribers. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Disney beat expectations for new subscribers in the last quarter but fell short on earnings. We're joined by Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group based in Chicago. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Uh, what are, what's the good news and the bad news when it comes to Disney Plus? Well, uh, the good news is that uh, they're continuing to be on a tear in terms of adding new subscribers. Um, they are, uh, in many respects, ascendant, uh, where perhaps uh, a Netflix, by comparison, may be uh, in the opposite direction. I mean, Disney, is, Disney Plus is still growing as a brand uh, and as a proposition and is aided and abetted by uh, Disney's other uh, streaming offerings, that being ESPN Plus and Hulu, uh, in some cases Hulu with the extra live TV component, and uh, it, uh, various promotional uh, bundling and those kinds of things and pricings. Um, and it is still very much a growth story. And collectively, uh, the good news is that uh, Disney, uh, across all of those services worldwide, um, essentially is uh, in the 200, I think it's like 236 million uh, direct-to-consumer subscribers, which all told is the biggest footprint, uh, perhaps, uh, say for Netflix. But this is all uh, in service of what some analysts say is a $30 billion content machine. And even though that content is attracting eyeballs, is the advertising market sustainable? So that's, that's clearly part of the bad news, right? So um, uh, the investment is gearing up, but I think what you heard from um, Bob Chapek and his, and his team uh, yesterday is uh, a commitment to uh, rationalizing costs, which is code for we're going to not spend uh, on uh, too much uh, frivolous stuff, perhaps content, yes, but maybe with less people. Uh, there is a movement to... Uh, become much more collectively as a corporation, a more direct-to-consumer company. In many respects, streaming and Disney Plus effort uh, is actually starting to creep into the strategy for the rest of the company. So how does, for example, Disney Plus interconnect with the Disney parks and add value as a fuller subscription, not unlike Amazon Prime, where you get multiple benefits, not just a streaming service? If um, there's also I was going to say, if that actually works, uh, does this uh, prevent Disney from falling into what I like to call the HBO trap, which was uh, back in the 90s and the 2000s, they needed a Sopranos or some kind of show uh, that would get people talking to get people to continue their HBO subscriptions to pay for all the other stuff? Yeah, they clearly see what Apple TV Plus has and and some of its standout shows. And and yes, one hit can make uh, a world of difference. But I think the status quo for Disney on the streaming front is uh, full speed ahead. Um, I just think one of the things that's happening now, we can talk about this another time, is there is a secular uh, uh, reality that's starting to hit the legacy business, linear cable, broadcast television. That is in secular decline, and it is hitting all of the broadcast TV stocks um, uh, similarly uh, to Disney. So I think they're part of a bigger issue in linear television uh, finally, perhaps uh, starting to see the wheels fall off that traditional business after all this speculation. 
Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, readjusting your portfolio as we head toward the new year. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Tight races leave control of Congress undetermined as Democrats show unexpected strength in the midterm elections. A special report coming up from CBS News. Personal Finance Wednesday reviewing your investment plan to see if it needs revamping before the end of the year. And also on the financial front, the importance of establishing a credit history. WBBM. BBM Business. The markets are lower and losing some altitude. The Dow is down 427 points. The Nasdaq is down 185. The S&P 500 is down 52. Oil down $2.60 a barrel today. We have 63 degrees right now at O'Hare, 62 at Midway, going up to a sunny 67. It's 1231. CBS News Special Report. Campaign 2022. America Decides. CBS News projects Democrat John Fetterman has won the U.S. Senate seat from Pennsylvania, defeating Dr. Mehmet Oz. Fetterman spoke to supporters this morning. We bet on the people of Pennsylvania, and you didn't let us down. Meantime, a crucial Senate race in Georgia is still a toss-up. We all just hang in there. I'm feeling good. I do. I feel good. Democrat Raphael Warnock could be headed towards a runoff with Herschel Walker next month. Political analyst Leonard Steinhorn. The Democrats, even though they are on the short end on the House, have to feel somewhat good that there was no red wave. It was a red ripple maybe in certain places, but certainly the Democrats held firm in a number of races. CBS News special report. I'm Monica Ricks. It's 12.32. Details are few, but the Chicago Police Department is investigating a shooting involving an off-duty officer. It happened around 8.15 this morning on Laramie near Armitage. The officer was transported to a hospital for observation and released. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red. We're joined by Bill Stone, Chief Investment Officer of the Glenview Trust Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Is uh, the market actually activity today a reflection over the uncertainty over uh, which party controls uh, the the various chambers of the legislative branch of government? You know, I actually don't think so, because, I, you know, when, when you look at it, kind of historically anyway, no matter who ends up winning in terms of the midterm, we've actually usually seen markets higher over the next year. Obviously, any one day is not necessarily uh, reflective of anything. And also, it's almost for sure that we're going to get an outcome that is one of the two, I'll say, best outcomes in terms of looking back in history in terms of average annual return. And it really comes down to a split government being at least seemingly from the data preferred by uh, by the markets. I think some of the weakness is clearly some weakness in oil. And then there there is also obviously selling and discretionary uh, as well. 
And then is it also a reflection of some of the uncertainty around uh, tomorrow's CPI report that uh, consumer prices will be higher than anticipated and everyone's going to head to the hills uh, about uh, the possibility of uh, further interest rate hikes? That's an absolutely a great point. I, I think you're right. I think there's going to be people a little bit gun shy sitting there because, yeah, we, if we get a higher print or some of the details look worse, you're right. They'll up the, the odds of even more hiking because uh, Char, Chair Powell was very clear uh, that it wasn't time yet to stop hiking. And then when it comes to uh, the prospects of divided government, uh, over the last 50 years, uh, that has been the rule rather than the exception. Uh, uh, look, I was writing it out last night, and uh, there have been very few moments over the last five decades in which one party had control of both the White House uh, and both chambers of Congress. And even then, it was a very short period of time. What do the markets like about divided government? Is it that uh, uh, the legislature branch doesn't come up with these uh, massive spending programs, or is it the fact that it just uh, forces uh, people on both sides of the aisle to actually uh, get together and talk and figure out the nation's problems? I think it's the latter, because unfortunately, and this is bipartisan, both both parties like to spend, right? So uh, just having it separated, they just probably sit there and can come up with together, you know, well, we'll, buy, we'll do some of your spending, we'll do some of our spending, and we'll get there. I think the other part is you're not likely to see quite as many surprises that go through very quickly because you're right. You have to come to some sort of a, a bipartisan or at least some sort of middle road agreement. And that probably avoids the worst impulses from both parties. And then when it comes to a divided government, that means you can't uh, come up with a fiscal response to a crisis, at least through the legislative branch, unless it's a really big one like COVID-19 and the, uh, the, the rescue bill that was crafted uh, two years ago by a Democratic House and then passed by a Republican Senate and signed by a Republican president. Uh, in the absence of that type of major crisis, uh, a lot of the economic policymaking is uh, almost ceded to the federal Federal Reserve. Yes, you're right. I mean, and I think, you know, it's some part of it is the market may like some of that in the sense that perhaps that helps our inflation problem because we may not do as much. I would argue we won't do as much possible fiscal spending, um, you know, those kind of things. So at least on that side, it may help the inflation side. Obviously, in the short run, um, certainly could be part of a mixture that probably we end up in recession, although that was seemingly, in my view, likely to happen anyway next year. Does that uh, very quickly, does this mean that uh, Jay Powell is uh, the most powerful person in Washington these days? In one sense, I think the hard part is uh, the inflation problem kind of has him in a corner. So while you can say he has, you know, freedom of choice, the reality is inflation stays high. He honestly has no choice but to continue to hike rates. Bill Stone, Chief Investment Officer with the Glenview Trust Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for joining us today. Up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, giving your investment portfolio a makeover. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday. The end of the year is a great time to review your investment portfolio and make changes if needed. Let's get some help from Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance at Morningstar based in Chicago. Christine, thanks for joining us today. Uh, what are some of the moves that you can make and what uh, when should you make them? Well, a key thing to look at at this juncture, Rob, is 
where your portfolio's composition of safe assets like cash-type investments as well as bonds stands alongside your allocation to stocks. And investors have seen both their stocks and bonds drop so far this year. So they may want to do a little repositioning there. Ideally, you would have a target in mind that makes sense for you given your life stage. One area that is uh, particularly ripe for the picking is if investors have depreciated holdings, things that have lost value in their they can take a tax loss in some of those holdings. So it's a good year to do some looking through your portfolio, seeing if you have losses and seeing whether some repositioning might not be in order. And then uh, what is the difference between doing it now and, say, doing it on December 15th? Well, I think you want to do it before year-end because that way you can go ahead and book the tax loss on your 2022 tax return. I always think it's a great strategy to do just one solid portfolio review once a year to get your arms around your portfolio's positioning as well as your tax position. And then what is it about uh, 2022, or should you factor uh, the just tumultuousness of the markets in 2022 in making your plans for 23? Time horizon is absolutely essential. So younger investors, people who are in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, should have the majority of their long-term retirement portfolios in stocks. It's the people who are getting close to or who are already retired who need to make sure that they have an allocation to safe assets. That That way, in a year like this one where we've had stocks drop persistently, precipitously bonds have dropped too. You have some safe assets to pull from. And one silver lining, I suppose, in this environment is that yields have come up, that as interest rates have come up, that has been a good thing for people who have safe investments. It's good news for savers. It's If, if you are trying to live off of your uh, investments, let's say you have recently retired or you've been retired for a couple of years, is this also a good time to analyze your spending too, especially uh, just given the amount of uh, retrenchment in the markets over the last year? Absolutely. So one rule of thumb that's been around for a long time is what's called the 4% guideline. The basic idea is that you could withdraw 4% of your portfolio in year one of, of your retirement and then just give yourself a little raise for inflation in the subsequent years. The tricky part with 2022 is that not only have investors' portfolios dropped, but they also have higher inflation to contend with. So it can make uh, contending with portfolio withdrawals a little bit difficult, but it's definitely a great environment to revisit your withdrawal rate. You don't want to be overspending if you can avoid it in this environment. And then very quickly, we touched on this before, but if you are a younger investor and retirement is a couple of decades down the road or you're saving for your child's uh, college education, uh, what are some things you can do, even though the clock may not be ticking nearly as loudly uh, compared to someone who is, uh, has retired or is about to do so? It's so counterintuitive for people at this life stage, but falling stock markets are a great thing for you because stocks are on sale, which is not to say they might not get cheaper. Who knows that they may. But I would say if you if you can view this as a buying opportunity, you should. If you can set aside additional funds for your savings and you if you can be 
be thinking long-term and not be bothered by this short-term volatility. These kinds of market dips are really your friend if you're a younger investor with that nice long time horizon. Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance at Morningstar, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, avoiding credit invisibility. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Having a credit history is important when making many financial transactions. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, Industry Analyst at CreditCards.com, based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. I guess uh, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, you can't have a credit score without having a credit history, and you can't have a credit history without having credit. Yeah, that's right. This is a real pain point for a lot of people, especially young adults who are new to credit, immigrants who are new to the U.S. because their credit history does not transfer from other countries. Uh, Even some older people kind of fall off the credit grid because this information lapses at some point. Seven years for negative info, 10 years for positive info. If it's been a while since you paid off your loans and you're not lo- you're not using credit, you could actually lose that credit history. And you know, we we talk about uh, about a lot of the pitfalls of credit: the people who get it and then don't pay it off or get uh, start begin drowning in debt. But what about the other side of the equation: the people who hear the stories of those who uh, run into trouble uh, via credit cards or loans or things like that, and avoid borrowing money or getting credit cards altogether because they don't want to deal with the consequences? I don't want you to be in debt either, but I do think that building credit is important. You need credit not just to get loans and lines of credit, but other things, too. Employers sometimes check your credit reports. Cell phone companies and utility providers want to see your credit rating before opening an account. Uh, Landlords are going to check your credit. So I think it's important for a number of reasons. There are ways to build credit without going into debt, like using a credit card and paying in full, for example, Um, There are some free programs like Experian Boost that can give you credit for things that haven't historically counted, like streaming service plans and utilities and even rent in some cases. So I think it's important to join the credit system and stay active. And then when, if, if you are a first-time credit card holder and uh, you do pay off your bills on time, you use it modestly, you live within your means, and how quickly can you build up that credit score uh, just by using that credit card and paying it off on time? It could be as little as six months. I mean, definitely the longer the history, the better. Um, but there are some ways to jumpstart it as well, like maybe getting on a parent's credit card as an authorized user. That can be a great way to piggyback off of their hopefully good account history. Um, but yeah, using a credit card is actually one of the best ways, assuming you're paying in full and avoiding those high interest rates. Um, because other things like you're not going to take out a mortgage or a car loan just to build credit. I mean, that may be useful um, for other reasons, um, but a credit card paid in full is great. You could even consider a secured card, which is very low risk. You put down a deposit that serves as your credit line. That's often a good way to get started. And then uh, we just because it's been in the news for so long, how do student loans pay into your credit history? They're important as well. So paying your student loans can help your credit score. Of course, falling behind can hurt it. Um, this is another tool in the toolbox for young adults especially. This, in fact, may be their first credit obligation. And then hopefully you can build your score over time and 
ideally you get to a place where you're using credit cards to your advantage and you're paying in full, you're avoiding interest, but taking advantage of travel rewards programs and cash back and some of the other advantages that cards can offer. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.